you just shoot them with deuces. You're you done arguing. It's over. You just shoot the deuces up, man. You know what? I'll see you when I see you. And you just keep on moving because you get tired. And God sometimes allows us to go through some things because he can change it just like that. You know that? He can change it just like that. But what do we learn through the process? So a lot of times we ask God, why? Why, God? Why? And 99% of all the problems I've ever had in my life was pretty much me. I can blame, you know, the color of my skin. They, they, they drive a wild black. <laughs> you know, I can blame a lot of different things. Every once in a blue moon, it is driving while black, driving while Hispanic. I know Cynthia's in here. And uh, just driving, you know. But a lot of things, sometimes, man, it was just me. You know, I, I'm just, you know, acting like a nut, you know, or, or doing something and, and something kicks off. So if I, if I change the people, places, and things, things would change. That's where God got me to. I just got tired of me. Like, it wasn't a miracle. You just get tired of yourself. You're just like, you know, I'm sick of myself, man. If I could change, I would. And that was one of the, I think one of the craziest things was, is usually after the party was over <laughs> and I'm trying to get myself together and I'm looking at families going on vacation <laughs> and I don't know where my money's at. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> and I'm looking at people living and smiling and having a good time and I'm smiling, but I'm destroying my life, you know? It's when you start to say, you know what, I, I, it is something better. There is something better, you know. So why, God? Like, just why? And God has no problem answering us. Has no problem at all. And that was sometimes the epiphany. I think one of the first verses I ever memorized is Isaiah 59. The Lord's arm is not short that it cannot save, nor is ear too heavy that it cannot hear. But my sins have separated me from my God. You know, from, from living the life. Like he said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. So I'm like, well, where's the life at? He's like, I don't know. You tell me. Because while, you were, while you're still in sin, I've already died for you. I've already made the way. So you tell me what the problem is. But I, I'm here when you, when you get ready. Because God ain't busting up in our life trying to tell us nothing. Our parents bust in the door like, will you get yourself together? <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> you know? And, uh, but when you get yourself together, you'd be surprised the people that you start preaching to and start talking to the Lord about. Because sometimes it's the same people that were telling you to get yourself together. Because you start to surpass the people that were praying for you. When people walk through that door and start loving God more than us, I have a problem with that. Because we've been here, but we get relaxed. You know what I'm saying? We get relaxed and, you know, it, it ain't that serious. It is that serious. We just don't understand how serious it is, you know. And uh, But let's look at Judges chapter 6, all right? Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for everybody being here. Thank you for the prayers this morning. Pray and ask that you forgive each and every one of us of our sins because we all, Lord Father, come short of glorifying you or doing all the things that you've asked us to do, all of us. There is no, nobody has a pass on planet Earth. You died for each and every one of us. All of us got hit, got issues. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All of us are seated together in heavenly places. Nobody's lower or higher than the other. We are all right there. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we humble ourselves before you this morning and say, Lord, forgive us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come on in the room. And I pray that you'll be in the midst of us and individually begin to speak to us. I may be being used today to to uh, speak, but speak to me, speak to my brothers and sisters, because all of us have some places in our life where we ask you why, 
why, God? And I know that you will answer each and every one of us. And I, and I know that the answer you're going to give us, it may not be what we want to hear. But I know, Lord Father, you chasing those whom you love. And you love us. And you always shoot us straight. Because you care about us and you love us. And, you, and, and, and Lord, I know when you tell us something that if we just begin to listen to you, you said that my people, you know, will hear my voice and turn from their direction that they're going in and pray and seek my face, I will heal their land. And that's for each and every one of us because there's things that we still desire in our life. There's things that we want to see. And as long as that we are still in the land of the living, Abraham was 99 years old and he saw his son. So Lord God, I don't care what age we are. Age means nothing when it comes to you. Nothing is impossible for you. So all the dreams that we have when we were, when we were kids, all those things, Lord Father, are in your hand and they are waiting for each and every one of us. So Lord God, turn us, Lord God, change us. Let us think differently. I don't care if we were in high school. I don't care if we're in elementary school. I don't care if we retired. It does not matter. You're able to make every dream come to pass, Lord God. So we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for being here today. Yes, we do. We thank you for being here today. That is an awesome, awesome step that we took just to say, you know what? I'm going to set some time aside for my God. And Lord, all you're asking for is just a little bit of time. You ain't asking for a lot, just a little bit. And you're going to bless us. So thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. So Judges chapter 6, and it kicks off and it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east. Even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkeys. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came up as grasshoppers for multitude for both they and their camels were without number and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Amen? Amen. We'll stop right there, because I know Gideon is, is pretty long, but that's, you start to ask the Lord why, the Lord will start to tell you why. So I don't care what year we are in the Lord. You know, it's been about 37 years, and there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows in that walk with the Lord. And every now and then, I don't care how far I get, I always turn to the Lord and say, why? And the Lord has no problem telling me, well, Mark, man, it's just, it's just, it's this simple. It it's really is. It's not like complicated. The Lord is like, it's this simple. But think about sometimes the decisions that you're making. Think about what you're doing. Think about who you're serving. That's what he says, because even though we, we claim to serve the most high God sometimes, and I'm telling you, all of y'all have been in church for a long time. You know, I've, I've been around a lot, of, a lot of the saints, and I tell you, a lot of people that uh, 
preached to me, taught me. If I fly back home, I don't find them in church no more. Something happened. Something happened in life where they stopped going to church. They know who God is, but they got away from the Lord. And when you get away from the Lord, all of a sudden you start dependent on these other different gods instead of dependent on the Most High God. Because the Most High God, you know that there are no statues. He made sure that there's no statues in Israel. Don't lift up any graven image of him. It's all according to faith. It's not about seeing anything. It's not about a visual thing. When he says looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, <laughs> people want to, you know, you go to the Catholic church, they got some images in there. You can look to that and it might be crying. It just depends on what type of weather it is. Sometimes you might have a leak and they'd be like, he's crying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all know, y'all know what I'm saying is real. You ain't never been to Catholic. You've been to Catholic church, Cynthia? I've been to Catholic church, South Philly, St. Rita's. You know, your parents were sent to the Catholic church because it was a good education. And they know, what, they know what public schools is like. You'd be out there slinging or playing, you know, shooting dice. And, you know, the teachers come, oh, y'all stop shooting dice. So you go to Catholic school. And at Catholic school, I don't know if it was any better. <laughs> you just looked the part. <laughs> you were dressed up. You know, you wore the same outfit every day so nobody can get on your bobos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody was dressed the same. So all of us were just seated together, you know. But uh, you go to different places, man, it's different. Got the lottery God. What else is there we talk about? My family still played the lottery guy. I think my brother hit on the lottery. He had to go through all the trash because he threw his lottery out. <laughs> so now the lottery guy got you diving in trash that you threw out, you know. <laughs> you ever been there? You lose something. You out there dumping the trash over. Neighbors are looking at you like you on crack. You out there like this, you know. I'm cracking up laughing. I'm like, bro, leave that stuff alone. You're blessed, man. But, you know, we don't. It's, it's funny how as blessed as we are, we live so like on a poverty level. We serve the most high God who is able to do exceeding and abundant above all we could ever ask and think. But when you look at our bank account, when you look at how we live week to week, when you look at how we're living and we're just making it, people would say, well, I don't want to serve that God because I ain't diving in trash for lottery tickets. I just ain't doing that. And uh, but just take a look. And I used to look at that, man. I used to just wake up some mornings, man, and I'm sitting there looking up, been up all night been out there living in the streets, you know? And I'm just watching people live and having fun. And I wasn't having no fun. So when we sit here and look at Gideon, it says here, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. The Lord was like, I want to fight for you, but you ain't got no, I'm just going to go ahead and just, the Lord just back up off you. And just sit there and look at you. Because sooner or later, if you know the Lord, you're going to turn around and say, you know what, in my father's house is so much better. And how many years do we go before we turn around and say, I am so done with this way of life? Because you know better. It, it says when we know better, we do better. But we know better, like Israel, <laughs> but we serve in other gods. They throw us a little chump change every now and then, $100, $200. That seems to leave our hand just like that. Or it gets lost before I get home because the people ride with me, my rider dies, are in my pockets too. All right? And it says in the hand, verse 2 says, And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Because of the oppression that comes in our lives, we're living in places that God has not ordained for us. We're living around people. 
that God has not ordained for us. That is not, I know when you read your word, you listen to these songs, you're sitting at home and you begin to meditate on God because every now and then you'll have that moment of sanity where you'll come to yourself and you'll begin to think about it and you look at where you are at and the people that you are around and know that you've been destined to be in a better place than where we're at. You look around and you're like, man, what am I doing here? I had two great parents. It wasn't like I had a story to tell you, you know, my dad left me. and it was just, no, I, I didn't have a story like that. So it wasn't based on whether or not you had one parent or two parents. It was the decision-making process that each and every one of us was making because there were single kids that made out really good. There were kids that were orphans that made out pretty good. So you can have two parents and live like you don't have no parents at all. Sometimes we have to look in the mirror like the Sunday school lesson said. Let's just take a look in the mirror at that person in the mirror and say, come on, bruh. Come on, Mark. Yeah, you're right, Mark. I ain't. That's it for me. But later on that night, you know what I'm saying? It would start back over again because he turned them over. He just turns you over to who you are. People crack me up because I, I, I listen to people. I go back home and like I said, people that got saved with me say, you know, I ain't got to go to church. Church is in me. And I'm sitting there with them. You know what I'm saying, Marlon? I'm sitting there with people that don't. Listen, they should know scripture, but they don't know scripture. But they know me. Like, y'all been around me. You can keep running your mouth all you want to. Sooner or later, I'm going to say, well, you know, the Bible says. I don't know why I do that, because I don't want to. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You ever not want to do something? But something inside you says, well, you might as well go ahead and tell them. And I'm like, well, I really don't want to tell them. Because I just flew in, and I'm only here for a little bit. And I don't want to leave you like that. You know what I'm saying? But I begin to tell people anyway. I say, hey, you know what they used to do to you? Is they would kick you out of church. That's what they used to do. They would put you out of church. They'd be like, hey, uh, you can't come in here, Cynthia. Why? I'm a member. No. No, nah, you ain't allowed to come in here. And you'd be like, this is my God's house. They'd be like, no, you, you can't come. This is Israel. You Read the blind man's story. His parents were worried about being kicked out of the temple. Because that's what they would do to you. I'm sorry, Risha, you can't come here no more. <laughs> Dre was the one tripping, not me. No, you get you and Dre and bounce. And you're out there now, you know, you're sitting at home trying to have a ministry at home. And I, you know, I, I'll tell one of my closest friends, because he's the one running his mouth. And everybody's sitting there. And I'm sitting there saying, bro, you know what? You can do what you want to do. But when I start to explain to them how they would kick people out the house, later on they say, well, turn them over to Satan and see if Satan, just Satan whooping your behind every week will get you to the point to where you want to act right. That's what they would do. Turn you over to Satan means that, Thomas, you're no longer allowed here, bro. You can't stop me. Well, we don't want you in here. And the brothers be there like, you can try to come through if you want to, but we're going to throw hands today. That's what they used to do. Like Israel had no problem. Think about it. They had no problem throwing hands. When Stephen got on their nerves, they were throwing hands. Stephen was like, you know what? (laughs) And you want to go help your friend, but they throwing boulders, hands. Ask Paul about when he got stomped. Well, Paul talks about his testimony. 
trying to run his mouth on church folks. Church, a lot of people in church, man, they, they're in there for the wrong reason. Some of them like women. Some like money. Some like it's networking going on. A lot of drugs in church. I hate to tell you that. That's how real it gets. At least where I'm from. I don't know. If we, I don't hope we ain't got nothing floating. Anybody selling it here? No. Sometimes I get stressed. No. It's better to get it at church because nobody thinks about that. You know, you're like, when people are talking about two, they ain't talking about, do you have change? They're like, I need two. <laughs> and the deacon coming by like. <laughs> this is real stuff that happens. But you never think about it because you think everything you're seeing is just as real. But people will put your butt out of church and now go home and have church. And let's see how long it lasts before these other gods that you used to serve, they have a way of calling us. You know that? How'd they get my number? But they show up at the right place at the right time. And now everything they said about you, the people at church, even though that wasn't true, and they kicked you out. After a couple of months, you riding with the same people that they say you were riding with. You weren't riding with them. They will put you out. I tell people, you know, the look on their face when I'm sitting there telling them, I said, it's right here in the scripture. I can read it for you. They'll, they put you out. They make you have church at home, just like you're talking about. Because a branch casts forth what? By itself will wither. And die. You don't think believers know how to get to you? You don't think a believer knows how to upset your apple cart? You don't think somebody serving God knows how to mess your life up? Because if you understand the scriptures, all you got to do is get that person frustrated enough to where that person leaves. And then you're like, I got it now. Because they ain't in here. You took your ball and went home and thought you did the right thing. No, you don't take your ball and go home. You sit right there and just start rocking and singing. And people are looking at you like they should be upset, but you ain't upset because you understand that faith cometh by hearing and what? Hearing how by the word of God? And how can we hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's been sent? You start to go through the scriptures and you say, man, it's all about the word of God and about prayer, about the fellowship strengthening one another iron sharpens iron how you gonna go out there into the streets and get sharp by something that ain't iron your iron your iron you need other iron to get sharp do you hear me that's why we got a rock called Jesus we can rub up against him all day long get as sharp as I don't know what you hear me Got to always think. So here we're looking at them. So Israel, Midianites come up against them for seven years. And you'll relate to this. It says, and so it was when Israel had sown, verse 3, the Midianites came up and the Amalekites. Other people start joining them. It was just the Midianites. But the Amalekites came. Then they don't even name it. They said the children from the east. Well, we know Moab and them was there. The Edomites, which is Esau, Jacob's brother. Even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza. Where's the, where's the Sphinx at anyway? Ain't it in Gaza? Some of the stuff you got to think about. But anyway, left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep 
nor ox, nor donkey. So what happens to us today when we're all of a sudden now we're outside of the church? Well, I don't ask you to tithe. I don't ask you to give. Those are things that only the Holy Spirit can speak. You know it. People even out there will tell you that you're supposed to give when you go to church. But I'm not going to tell you because that's something the Holy Spirit has to tell you. That's a one-on-one thing between you and the Holy Spirit. Because when God begins to speak to you about the things that he's asking us to do, if I tell you, that's just me telling you. If somebody else tells you, you know how it is, man. People can talk to us. You know, they blew in the face. But until when, when he talks to us. And you say, well, Lord, what, what's required of me? And he says, oh, okay, well, look, this is what I want from you. And you don't worry about what nobody else is doing in church. You worry about what God is talking to you because each and every one of us are in different places in God. Seated together. But like I tell you all the time, there's vessels of honor and dishonor in the house of the Lord. And we always want to be a vessel of honor. We want to be the thing when Thanksgiving comes that people say, you know, when Thanksgiving is not around, we're hidden. But when Thanksgiving comes around, they pull you out and put you out front. That's who we want to be. When you're in God and you're doing the things that God has asked you to do, you seem so irrelevant. But when it's time or whatnot for the feast, when it's time for something important like a Gideon right here, the least in his family, God pulls you out, brushes you off, shines you up, and puts you out front for the whole world to see. For the whole world to see. But getting back to the Amalekites and all them coming in, every time Israel would sow, you're sowing, right? You're working hard out there. You're working on your job. You finally got a job. You're working. But every paycheck, you get paid on Friday, come Sunday, you got $20 in your pocket. And you keep wondering why. Man, $20 in my pocket. You ever had that happen to you? You work overtime, I'm going to work overtime. I'm not even going to go to church. I'm going to work nonstop, seven days for the whole month. They're handing out plenty of overtime. By the time you get your check, on Sunday you got $20. Mm. Man. God is trying to tell you something. Just like Israel, they would be out there sowing. Listen, they had sheep. These guys grew. They, they, that's what they did. They were, when they went into Israel... They went into Goshen because they were sheep herders. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Joseph said, just, just be honest, tell them that that's what you specialize in, sheep. But you ain't got no sheep, you ain't got no ox, you ain't got no donkeys or nothing. You, you're supposed to be working at the bank, no money, and you got no money. Because the enemy, there's something wrong when you start to see your provision and your substance shrink. And even though you're working, because something else is happening. Nobody is going into your bank account. Nobody's stealing anything. Your heart is in the wrong place. Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So because of that, every increase they had, every paycheck, you get your income tax in. You're getting 10 grand back. Man, I'm about to get 10 grand. 10 grand is spent before you even get it in your bank account. It's gone. And you have nothing to show for it. And if you do have something to show for it, like a car, it breaks down two weeks later. And we don't understand today that the, you know, we we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That we wrestle against a real enemy. Our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking 
whom he may devour. Now, he's not devouring the Amalekites' money. He's not devouring uh, the Moab's money. Because the people out there that are not going to church, they keep making it rain at the club. <laughs> Jamil. I made it rain, baby. You try to go in there and make it rain, you throwing quarters at people. People, people kicking you out the club because the old girl got hit in the eye. You can't make it rain for nothing. And you don't know where they're getting money from. You don't know how, how are they living out there and they make, listen, he ain't worried about them. They're busting hell wide open. He worried about you, the one that called Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. He is worried about you. They were worried about Israel. They were worried about making sure, listen, every paycheck, they were there. They would come up and set up tents and everything. Yo, ain't them fools about to get paid? Yup, let's go. And they, they said they came in like grasshoppers and had tents and everything. They brought their sheep. They brought their horses. Because the land was so fertile. And they would be like, and next thing you know, the war was on. And you leave your house and now you're up living in a cave. Remember God gave them houses and land that wasn't theirs? Do you remember that? This is after the promised land. This is after Joshua and them. You got everything you needed. And the enemy is coming in and destroying everything that you had. Bringing other people to your house. Other people in there eating your food and stuff. You're just looking at them, but they're your so-called friends, right? Every time they come over, they're eating. You got, baby? You got to go to the store, buy more food for them. When they leave, they ain't spend no money. They spend all your money. When you go out to the club with them, they use your money. They use your car. Now your car is down. They can't come by and take you to work. That's how it goes. That's how it is. That's how it's always going to be. So-called friends, so-called family, so-called this and that. They don't serve God. You're the only one in the midst of your friends that knows who God is. Why are you in the midst of them? Because of sin. It's always going to be sin. It ain't going to be nothing else. Quite as it's kept, you really don't even like them. They down with OPP. Every time you turn around, they texting your lady. They texting your man. You ain't even down with OPP. But they're your friends. <laughs> they're your friends. Amen. Get some good church friends. That, you know what I'm saying? They ain't text. They only text you and whatnot when you, you good, baby. We watch you the game. It costs you nothing to come over. But your other friends cost you a lot of money and your lady or your man. That's real talk. And in verse 6 says, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel finally prayed, finally cried unto the Lord. How long does it take for us to finally cry out to God and say, Why? 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 I'm a believer. I know I ain't been to church, but I'm your child. And the Lord is like, Yeah, if you're my child, you will live in my house. Yeah, if you're my child, then I mean, finally, after it took seven years for you to start praying? Seven years? Seven years and you finally say, man, I think we better start praying. <laughs> That's how bad it gets. Seven years, and I'm telling you, seven years will go by in your life. And then all of a sudden, you'll remember who you are. How long was the prodigal son out there? Until he came to himself. And he says, I need to take my behind home. We walk all money at home. And I'm out here tripping. 
my heart was never broke like this. I mean, my dad got on my nerves, made me mow the grass, but man, at least it was peaceful. I could watch the game on Sunday. I can't, I ain't even got no cable. I ain't got no cable. I ain't got nothing. The servants got cable in daddy's house. They got little Debbies and stuff like that, Reese's Pieces. I'm out here, man, at the soup, soup kitchen trying to make things happen. But I don't want to obey my parents. See, when they say they did evil, it's, it's, just think about the commandments. I am the Lord thy God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage. You will have no other God but me. Get rid of the other gods in your life. Amen. That's where the struggle happens. Because Pharaoh, as soon as you start to say, hey, we out here, Pharaoh says, you can't go. What do you mean I can't go? You don't own me. We'll see if you leave. And now it's a battle between you and Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is like, you can't go. And it's going to take like the Sunday school for God to bring you out with a mighty hand again. So when you start to see all your substance, when you start to see your life start to crumble around you, then we get to verse 7. You begin to cry out to God. We begin to pray. We begin to seek God's face. Forget that. No, I ain't going out tonight. Y'all go ahead and we stay home. And we begin to talk to the Lord about it. We begin to call mama and daddy. We begin to call our friends. We call our pastor. We start calling people. We start talking about some things. Won't you come on back? Won't you come hang out with us? Won't you come on to church? Won't you come in here? Come on, pimpin'. Ain't nothing out there in them streets. How long you been out there in them streets for a long time? Did it, is there anything new out there in the streets? Did you feel any better? Are you, are you any better? Are you a better man? Are you a better woman? Are you a better friend? Are you a better son? Are you a better daughter since you've been out there? You a better football player since you've been out there? What are you good at now? Are you employable? Can you hold down a job? Can, can you love in a relationship? Do you really know how to love? Huh? Because you've been at the strip club so long, that's not love. Having two or three women, that's not love. Having two or three men, that's not love. Well, that's just a sugar daddy. Well, you don't need all that sugar. Sugar's bad for you. It was just sugar. <laughs> Whatever. It just gets real. The Lord starts to get real with you. And when he gets real with you and you stay there, sometimes he'll get real with you and you'll leave because you don't want to hear it. But when he starts to get real with you and you're sitting there listening to him, then he says, you know what, let's do this right here. Verse 8. And the Lord sent a prophet. He'll send somebody in your life because that person needs to remind you of who God is and who you are. He has to let you know exactly where you're at and why you're there. And he sends them a prophet. Unto the children of Israel said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up. You ever parents ever tell you that? I brought you in this world. I brought, I, your mother be like, I carried you for nine months. And now you in my face? Or I'm asking you to do this and that. You think when you were two and three months old and I'm rocking you in my arms and I'm, I'm praying over you and, and talking to the Lord about who you're going to be, you're going to be a king. You're going to be a queen. And now you out here, this is you right here? That's not what I prayed about. And that's not what you prayed about. Just take a look at where you're at. That is not what you were praying about. And that's not what God spoke into your life. Just take a look at the people that are around you. Just That's all you got to do is just take a start. Look at your bank account. Just look at everything around you. So the prophet comes in and he says, I am the Lord your God. I'm the one that died for you. I'm the one that redeemed you. Job said, I know that my redeemer shall what? Stand at the latter day. I redeemed you with a great price. He came down here. He died for you. I mean, he died for us. And I know sometimes that's hard for us to believe. Sometimes we think that's a fairy tale. But if you really believe that in your heart, that somebody came and paid the price for you, you 
were the one that did it. You should have went to jail for it. But some one of your other friends that loved you like a brother, loved you like a sister, took the fall for you, and now you're out here in the street. And that person is locked up on the inside, and you two, all of yourself, you couldn't even go visit the person in jail. You should be the main one there every day talking about, you shouldn't have did that for me. I love you, man. Now go out there and do something with this life. Man, I'm just, I, go out there and do something with your life now. You didn't belong to be out here in the streets with us. Go do something with your life. Stop running them streets, bruh. Get that job. Do all those things that you did. That's what Jesus did. He took the fall for you and I. He, he redeemed us. He paid for it with his price. So that Go, Marlon, now. Go. Go, Risha. Get that doctorate's degree. I paid the price for you. Stop sitting around here acting like I didn't pay it all. I paid it for you. But Lord, I still feel guilty. Boy, you better get up out of here and go do something with your life. Well, I'm telling you right now, when I get out of here, I'm coming back. And I'm going to find out exactly what you did. What did you do with the gift that I gave you? I, I'm the one that's in here and you're out there living. And that's the best you could do with that? That's, that's all you could do? So the prophet says, I'm the one that brought you up out of the land of Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. You know what bondage is. You can't stop. You can't quit. You got, you're stuck. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all those, what? That oppressed you. When you go to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, that's the first thing that Peter says to him when he comes out of his mouth. You know Jesus, the one that went around healing all those that were oppressed by the devil and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. Listen, the enemy wants us back. He wants everything that, the, see the Lord begins to separate you from people, places, and things. And he, like he puts you on an island by itself. Remember Job, he put a hedge of protection around Job. And God was so confident in Job's testimony that he was willing, the devil was like, well, you know what, your little boy Job over there, your little golden boy, just give me an opportunity. The Lord's like, you don't want that smoke. Job ain't going to curse me and die. Would we ever get to a place where the Lord will take that little vessel of honor that he keeps up on the shelf over here? Because you know you don't put it out because you know you got grandkids like mine. You come home and the things that you like are all shattered and everything. You're like, who broke this? He can't have none. <laughs> you all get there when you have grandkids, you know what I'm talking about. They just run it through the house. They don't care. They just run it. You know what I'm saying? So when Thanksgiving comes, you, you got to pull out paper plates. You can't pull out the china that your mother handed down. They done broke three plates. You only got one left. You don't want the house to look that bad with one china plate out and the rest paper plates. But the Lord took Job up off himself, you know, shined him on up. He said, you know, you can do anything you want to with that vase, but you better not break it. And the devil was looking at him like, you for real? He's like, yeah, I'm for real. You can do what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, you break it, and I'm going to break you. So they played the little game. But God said, I only played that game one time. But he said, I ain't playing games with you. I want you to be that vessel of honor that I have up there on the shelf. Not collecting dust because I'll take you off every now and then, and I'll shine you up so when people come in the house, they would be like, yo, man, I like so and so. Don't we like Brother Ronnie? You, you guys met Ronnie. Don't you like Ronnie and Karen? Mm -hmm. 
I thought Karen was the Karen from the internet, but it was actually a different Karen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Risha? <laughs> That's a different Karen. This Karen actually is seeking the Lord. The other ones that we see on the internet, they ain't seeking nobody. They seeking they they got their own God they serve. And there's black Karens too. Y'all know that. There's black Karens, white Karens, there's Hispanic Karens, all kinds of Karens out there. We think they just come, you know what I'm saying, in the only color. They, they, they all over the place. So when I served Karen, I, I refused to pray for Karen at first. I did. Because I was like, leave Karen where Karen is at. <laughs> and let the Lord deal. You know, hey, the Bible says pray for your enemies, but I ain't praying for no Karens. Because Karens, they in places they have no business being. And they always up in your face. That's not a place where Karen needs to be at. And they always act like they're afraid, but they always up in your face. I was afraid, so I got in their face. Oh, you afraid, but you in somebody's face. Oh, okay. And, I'll, I, and, and, I, <laughs> and somehow people just swing, you know what I'm saying? Not that I'm praying for them to swing. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's not right. But in my heart, I'm like, swing a little harder. <laughs> but that's where I need prayer. So y'all got to pray for me. Because I know y'all feel it too. You be like, sweet, sweet, sweet. But, <laughs> but this is the part I love in 10. And I'm telling you right now, we need to do some more next week because I don't want to hold you long. But in verse 10, it says, I said unto you, the Lord is saying that, I, the Lord your God, fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. He says, don't fear them. Don't fear that thing that has you right now. He says, don't fear. I don't want you getting all upset and getting all worried because you made a left and you should have made a right, made a right, should have made a left. I don't want you to go, you're in, a, you're in this thing and now you're like, how am I going to get out of it? God says, <laughs> let's go back again. I'm the Lord your God that brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage. So don't fear where you're at right now because if I brought you out once, I'll bring you out twice, I'll bring you out three, four, five, how many times do we have to do this? But every time, I'll bring you out. Because I think Sheila said it this morning. I am married to the backslider. Now, the rest of us get divorces because we ain't trying to hear all that. <laughs> the rest of us be like, shoot the deuces at him. You know what I'm saying? But the Lord says, I'm, not, I'm, I'm still going to be married to you. You're like, thank you, Lord. Because the Lord should have been just sent us some papers. And the mail said, I'm tired of you. But he says, no, nah, I love you. So he says, every time you cry out to me, I'll save you. And even right now, no matter where you find yourself at, and, and you're trying to think about how you're going to change the people, places, and things around you. And God says, that's my job. I drove them out from you before, and I will drive them out from right now. I'll drive them out. Just stay out the way and stop messaging people on the DL. I'm, I'm telling somebody to get out your message, but I'll call you later. All right? I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. That's where the rubber meets the road at. That's the beginning opening of this. Why God says, I need you to listen to me. No matter where you're at, no matter how old you are. If you're in school, out of school. 90 years old, like Abraham. Abraham had a problem listening to the Lord. He just like, like we were talking about this morning, the trust, the faith and everything. Sometimes we want to take the reins back and tell the Lord, I got my license. Mm -hmm. 
even though we said, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Je- okay, well, I'm uh, good. I know where I'm going now, Lord. The Lord is like, now you know where you're going? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm good now. Let me ride. Jesus is like, and she, listen, he says, okay, I'm going to get in the passenger seat. Just, or matter of fact, I'll get in the back. Because, you know, usually he likes to fall asleep, you know. He died. He's sitting in the boat, just sleep. You know how he do. Until we, next thing you know, he starts, you know, we're like, oh, help me, Lord. He's like, oh, my God. How many times do we have to do this? Until you and I just say, you know what, Lord? I'm done with this life. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of this life. But over and over again, when you go through Judges, that's what it is. Judges is the Israel would be good for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And then Israel did evil in the eyes of the Lord again. They just said, they stopped serving God and they just wanted to go out here and party like it's 1999. You know, it's, we had 2021, but they party like they 1999, like that's it. <laughs> it's going to be the end of the world. You know, they want to go out here and turn up. But you haven't obeyed his voice. And, and I'm telling you right now, there is freedom in serving the Lord. I know sometimes your flesh, that's what he talks about. The, the, when it talks about, he says, you better hear what I say when it talks about the soul went out to sow. You know, he's talking to church folks, right? Mm-hmm. We keep thinking that he's talking to people out here that know, don't know him. No, these, these are, he came unto his own, and his own received them not. So the people that he went preaching to were people that he was preaching to from the beginning. The children of what? Israel. And he said, a soul went out to sow. But he says, watch what you hear. Watch what you hear, because sometimes... You know what choked a lot of them out? Was the pleasures of life. The pleasures of life. Sometimes we don't know how to celebrate. We go out to celebrate a couple of hours. We don't return for two weeks later. And some of us are locked up. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. My son was gone for two and a half years. Literally. We let me him laugh about that to this day. I said, boy, you better change teams. You better start rooting for the Jaguars because they might not win until you're 90 years old. Some teams aren't going to get a Super Bowl, so you might as well root for them because you root for somebody else. You out there in the streets just wilding out. You go on for two over the Eagles. Over the Eagles. Eagles ain't never done nothing for me. <laughs> ain't, they ain't called me on my phone. I ain't got a thing. And an eagle come flying. I'm like, hey, I'm like, oh, what's up, Mr. Eagle? <laughs> Jeffrey Laurie ain't calling me. They ain't on my friends list, but I'm out here going to jail for the Eagles. Think about that. People don't care about you, but you're going to jail for them. You're spending money on them. They don't care about you. They don't call you. When you're sick, they don't come by. They don't bring you no soup or nothing like that. Dude, where you been at? Man, I was sick. I had the COVID. Man, we was wondering what happened to you. You didn't even come by. Church folks at least come by. Your brothers are like, what's up, baby? Man, I got the COVID. Well, look, I'm going to leave something on the doorstep. All right. I'm going to ring the bell and run like we used to do as kids. <laughs> but when you go open the door, we can be some soup there. I got some soup there. You know what I'm saying? I got a little Jack Daniels in there. That's my grandmother used to give me to sip a little bit. That's what church folks come by and do. They got their own home remedies for you. I'm praying for you. We yell at the door. I'm praying for you. And you're like, these are church folks. Y'all pay them no money. Your family like, what's wrong with those people? <laughs> they ring the doorbell. But your other friends ain't coming by. It ain't until you get well. You got to go to their house. And they be like, where you been at? They ain't care. They ain't tell you they were praying for you, ain't done nothing for you. Think about the people that care about you. It's hard, I know it is, because we're so attracted to abuse. We're so attracted to people putting us down. 
We're so attracted to being steal, kill, and destroy. It's always got to be some type of thuggish, crazy nonsense going on in our life for us to feel like it's real. But being loved on, people caring about you, hugging you, you know, supporting you, rooting for you. I ain't no punk. I don't need y'all telling me you love me. I don't need you praying for me, Thomas. I'm good. That's not how it works. I tell you right now, we pull out all the roses and we put these weeds in here thinking that we're doing something. We're doing the wrong thing. We're doing it. We're going the wrong direction because God ain't nothing but love. Get yourself around people that love you and say, hey, hey, don't go over there. Come on, man. Hey, let's open the door for this young lady. Because, you know, you stop opening the doors up for young ladies. Man, let's go home. Let's fix something. We ain't got to go out and eat every week. I can cook. I'm going to cook some beans. It'll last us four days. <laughs> <laughs> but you spend the money at Burger King, Dairy Queen, all these other different places. And at the end of the week, two days later, you got $20. Mama, can I get some money? Where did all your money go? And when you look at your cash app or you look at your debit card, Dairy Queen, you know what I'm saying? McDonald's, tacos, you know, Captain Crunch, because you know we run to Walmart, get Captain Crunch and milk. Just go down and look at the list when you know how to cook. Next week, we'll look at Gideon. Gideon at least could cook. He cooked something last him a couple of days, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to go to the cafeteria at church at work and just start buying up everything in there that somebody else ain't got no money. You want to help them out? You better work out your own salvation, all right? And you'll see your bank account grow. Next thing you, and it, it, it'll start growing. Because the Holy Spirit will start dealing with you. Like, hey, Mark, stop doing all that. Okay, when you get your income tax check, actually it might last for four months. Instead of two days. Because everybody know everybody. You know, people be all in your DM and whatnot when, they, when you get that. Ooh, we should get that eight grand. What up, boo-boo? Boy, I ain't heard from you in two years. Girl, you stop playing. You know, I was trying back. I lost your number. I finally got it. Let's go out. They just try to set you up. The, the Amorites and Amalekites, they just try to set you up. Try to test where you at. Got her. She coming by. Cause he ain't got no car. He ain't got no money. He ain't got no job. He ain't got nothing. But now he got you on the hook. Yeah. Real enough saw on it. <laughs> Literally what happens. Dre make it to the NFL, all these people that he didn't even know. What up, Dre Ski? Yeah. Oh, who are you? You know your boy. <laughs> now he got 25 people rolling in his car. Only can fit four. They hanging on the bumper. <laughs> Trying to ride with him. I'm gonna be there too, riding on too. What's up, Dre? <laughs> Pastor Mark, get off my bumper. What up, baby? Don't forget the time, Dre. <laughs> But that's all I got today, y'all. Listen, man, have some fun with the Lord. Serving the Lord is a lot of fun. At least you know who you're going to wake up next to. Amen. <laughs> all right? Y'all supposed to, some of y'all remember that, don't y'all? You wake up, you don't even know who people are. <laughs> right. At least with Jesus, when you wake up, you're like, oh, I went to sleep and nobody was there. I woke up and nobody's there. Thank, thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand praise. <laughs> My money is actually in my wallet. And my TV ain't broke, Brother Marlon. Is my car outside? Is my car outside? Woo! That's something to praise him about. Y'all know what I'm saying is real? You'll find that the Lord is taking care of you. 
and he takes care of fools and babies, and I can testify to that. And it ain't hard. Yeah, you're going to have a little bumps. You're going to act a little crazy now and then, but he'll reel you on back in quick. Or you're running to one of us while you're trying to go to in and out You ever try to sit and you run into somebody, what's up, Thomas? What you doing over here? Man, I dropped something out here. I'm about to leave. Okay, all right. What you doing out here? I'm going to the in and out I'm making some, uh, some uh, little steak. Give me a little bubbly to pull on it. We got to help each other. I try not to go any place where there's pick and pay. You know that? Because, you know, Christians run in real quick. When the lottery get big, I try, Marlon, I go to, I go to Walmart. Because, you know, if I run into the other place, there, it's up to 500 million. <laughs> People lose Jesus and start getting them little dollar picks quick. So I try, I try to, if I see y'all, I just keep driving. Like, I don't want to go in there. But now, that, now, look, they got it now where the devil's like, you can just do it at home on your phone. You know. Because <laughs> we, look. <laughs> Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because <laughs> what you going to do when you hit? How are you going to try to explain that? Well, uh, Thomas left his wallet. I, I saw a, a, something in there. And it was wrong for me to, to actually turn the money in. But I'm going to give Thomas a million out of the 500 million. But it was Thomas's ticket the whole time. People looking at you like, you just lying. Thomas, Thomas was like, well, it was my ticket. <laughs> now we at court. And I got to tell the truth. It wasn't his ticket. Okay, I sinned. Trust in the Lord, y'all. Come on, let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be here. Thank you for everybody that showed up.